this is Rob Powell and today in Tux Turbo Talks we're talking to Nino Shooter of Scott's Ram Mountain Bike Racing Team about Cape Epic and his 2020 season. Alright, welcome to a new Tux Turbo Talks podcast. Now we've had some incredible guests on this show with world champions, Olympic champions, Grand Tour winners, cyclocross legends. Uh, but I think if we add up all their world and Olympic titles, we might still fall short of the resume of today's guests. Uh, we're taking it off-road for this episode, and it's an absolute honor to be joined by arguably the yeah top, the goat of mountain bike cross-country racing, Nino Shooter of Scott Schramm Mountain Bike Racing Team. Nino, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty excited for this one, and uh, we're going to talk about the Cape uh, Cape Epic, which you're going to head off to soon. But first of all, uh, we usually start with the fan question at the end of uh, at the end of the episode. But this time, we had a question coming in, which we might yeah want to put up front now. So, what do you fear the most for the upcoming season, Metro Vanderpool or the or the, yeah, the coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, right now I'm a bit afraid of the coronavirus. But uh, yeah, Matthew Vanderpool is as well uh, a hard rival for sure. He's he's a he's a tough uh, rival, and uh, but uh, yeah, let's hope we get over the Corona situation uh, all safe and healthy, and then have a nice battle at the Olympic Games. Uh, me and Matthew, that would be cool. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah. You're at the moment. We're recording this on the Monday before Cape Epic. You're still in uh, in Switzerland, but you're heading to South Africa soon, don't you? Yeah, I'm traveling tonight to South Africa, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Cape Epic. It's uh, yeah my first race of the season, um, but it's one I really enjoy and uh, had a good winter, good preparation, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to kick off the season. Uh, Cape Epic, for those who don't know, probably the, uh, yeah, the most prestigious stage race in mountain bike racing. Eight stages, uh, in total 647 kilometers and over 15,000 meters of climbing. Um, you're de- going to defend your title there. You won it last year with Lars Forster. Uh, you already won it before. So you're going for the third one. Yeah, that's my goal, yeah. It's, uh, but it's a tough race. Um, it's something totally different to the cross-country races we we are used to. It's, uh, yeah, it's over eight days. It's stage racing and... Uh, Every day it's it's our long days. It's three hours plus to five hours, um, and uh, normally a cross country race is just one and a half hours flat out. And here, uh, recovery is much more important. Uh, yeah, also to get safe through that there you see a lot of mechanicals during this race, and uh, you need to get your your bike safe through. You need to stay healthy those days, um, and. Yeah, all those challenges I really, really enjoy at the, at the Cape Epic. And uh, hopefully also the, the good luck is on our side again and uh, we can defend our title. Yeah, because you had some, uh, or your partner had some bad luck in, was it 2018 when uh, Matthias Steenemann got sick, he had to withdraw. Um, mm. And then last year, you already talked about mechanicals, so last year you had a puncture. Uh, or was yeah. your teammate who had a puncture? You almost like, lost like seven minutes on stage three. Yeah, my teammate had a puncture, and uh, yeah, we had we struggled to fix it because it was like uh, on a on a long descent where it was quite cold and it was wet, and we couldn't get off the tire from the rim, and uh, yeah, we lost a lot of time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's part of that race. It's it's a bit like an adventure. You are in a 
yeah, the beautiful landscape of South Africa, where it's sometimes a bit a bit rough, and uh, yeah, you need to get uh, somehow smooth through. And the previous year, yeah, my partner, you have to race that 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 race. You always with a with your partner together. You need to get together to the finish line as well. And my partner got a stomach bug at the first day, and uh, then he, yeah, wasn't, he wasn't. There was no way to to finish the race, so we have to we had to uh, jump out of the race. But uh, yeah, we hope we get this year get smooth through again, and uh, hopefully can defend the title. Yeah. What's the thing about Cape Epic that make it most special? Yeah, I think it's it's. Probably the hardest mountain bike race. That's one thing. Um, then it's in South Africa, um, beautiful, beautiful land, um, a beautiful landscape where you ride through. Um, but also, as I said, quite rough. And uh, yeah, then those those eight days together, like racing with a partner. Um, I think yeah, that makes it quite special. You are really a team. You need to work together. You need to get. To together to the finish and uh, then also like the adventure like sometimes if you have a mechanical you need to fix it uh, you need to have some tools with that's also part of the race like to be able to fix every every mechanical you have on your bike like sometimes you need to yeah to be creative to fix your things and uh, that's also uh, something cool at the Cape Epic and for me it's now one of the races I enjoy the most. It's like cross country racing, like World Cups as well. I really enjoy it because it's yeah, it's a big race. You you can uh, battle against big names. Um, but the Cape Epic is really a race I I enjoy with also like everything around. Like as soon as you get to the finish, um, it's like yeah, those thousand two hundred. Uh, riders they are all staying at a bit the same place and it's almost like a an outdoor festival as soon as you reach the finish and uh, this atmosphere uh, it's also something i really enjoy i think all those always when you look at the cross-country races as well the atmosphere is almost amazing uh, around uh, those races um so how are your mechanical skills are you are you or Lars? who's the better bike mechanic uh, I would say we are both not too good. <laughs> because <laughs> Did you normally, get some practice I, in? yeah, we practice always for the Cape Epic. We practice again to uh, to be able to really fix everything. But uh, you know, at cross country races, uh, there you you never fix anything because you have like tax zones and you just ride until to the tax zone. And you're if it's really bad, you just push your bike until to the tax zone, and then you can change. And there's Every one and a half k, there's like uh, you get to one of those tech zones, and so we are not really used to to really uh, fix our mechanics, mechanics, mechanical problems ourselves anymore. At the Cape Epic, we really need to do it different and be able to fix it. And uh, yeah, when you when you saw those pictures from last year where we couldn't get off the tire from the rim, uh, it didn't look too good for us. <laughs> <laughs> So definitely some extra preparation was done on fixing tires. <laughs> um, talk about preparation. Big season coming up with the Olympics and then the World Championship in Alpstadt as well. Is this sort of like the perfect preparation or did you do something different in your preparation for this year? 
yeah, it's a really big, big year for me. It's an Olympic year. I'm really excited about uh, the season. And uh, I actually did did a lot of similar like the previous year because uh, it always, or like the year, the, the preparation I did for last year or the years before always worked really well. So I just did small adjustments in, in some um, exercise or some trainings. But uh, in general, I... I kept it the same and uh, so far I had a really good winter I think it was one of my my best winters so far I was able to train really really well and uh, now I just recently had some performance tests at the sport, Swiss sports labs and I had again really good results so yeah I'm really happy how the winter went and uh, yeah I'm I'm excited to start it. I was just about to ask you about the, about those tests because I think it was like last couple of days you put something on instagram as well that you got some new pbs in the test block mm -hmm. yeah I, I always like at this those uh performance tests i always compete against my te previous tests so and uh yeah now i'm doing those tests since i think now since more than 11 years i think so and uh i always have to compete against my strongest test i i did and uh that's uh, yeah. After eleven years, it's getting harder and harder. I get I get older, but also like um, yeah. Sometimes you maybe don't have such a good day the other day a bit better, and uh, you always push you to to better results. And uh, I'm really happy. I'm still able with 33 years old uh, to do some personal best results in in some of the tests, and uh, that ke keeps me also really uh, uh, motivated. Uh, yeah. Could you share which test you had a PB in? Was it like a biggest power I, output or what was it? I had uh, like in in a five minutes all out. Um, like we do like we do like a pro power profile test. We call it. We do like first we do a sprint um, uh, over six seconds. Then uh, we do a five minute effort, and then we do a one minute effort. So that's our power profile uh, test. And we do like a step test, like a, like the most people do, like to to find out your your baseline. And then the day the day after, we do it do a do a, a big like almost like simulate the race on on one of those big um, how you call it uh, big rollers, you know, where you it's like where you also can run on it or. Yeah, the, the one we have, it's even a big one. They can Nordic ski on it or we do our do it with the bikes. And uh, we do actually like a, a start loop there where it's really hard Four minutes, simulate like a start loop from race and then like two loops uh, from a race. And after all those tests, you see um, actually you have a good picture how your fitness is, how, yeah, how, how your power is over five seconds, how your uh, uh one minute efforts are looking how you five minutes uh, efforts are looking what's then um vo2 max effort or how your threshold is or you how your baseline is and uh, that gives you really a really uh, good picture about you your, your fitness and you, you how you you work over the winter went and uh yeah i had over those five minutes i had another personal best and uh, I had also in those this race simulation, I had a, a, 
personal best but there you may say i was almost exactly the same like my best uh, result so i just tried to 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 keep up with myself from uh, from two years ago <laughs> yeah a, a lot of people obviously want to know now what the magic power number is do you, do you know your ftp my ftp yeah i'm i'm not so i sharing those numbers is always like um people they don't really there's so many numbers out there that got measured with power meters that were not accurate and uh People sometimes think uh, from from numbers that are uh, are not correct or not really. So I don't want to share those numbers really because people, some people, they don't really know how to put them or also like to put it in how it always depends how how heavy you are. Um, so watch per kilogram is watch more important or watch more something that says something, and uh, also like. What we what we also do always there is like we 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 test our power meters how accurate they are, and they have yeah. now that's that lab they tested now I think three thousand uh, power meters it's quite a lot of now they did three thousand tests with with all those I think but it's a lot of power meters they already test and they saw from from all different kind of brands they saw <laughs> I, I just saw those numbers when I was there. One power meter they tested once. They he showed twenty percent too much, and one oh. showed fifteen per percentage uh, less. So if you if you now see like if you do like a five minute all out effort, and you have a power meter that shows five percent too much, you have numbers that are so uh, far away from from being right and there are yeah. a lot of power meters out there that are showing wrong so that's the reason why i don't really want to sh share those numbers because a lot of people they don't really exactly know um where to put those numbers no. and we don't want to make the competition any wiser either so uh, let, just keep <laughs> them for yourself <laughs> um so if you look ahead to after after cape epic do you already kind of know what the plan is how the whole lead-up yeah, is going to look like towards Tokyo. Yeah. Um, uh, after Cape Epic, I need to see how, how quick and how well I, re I recover. So it's a hard impact early in the season and it uh, depends a bit how the race is going, how hard uh, we have to dig. Um, but then I want to race in, in Austria and uh, Germany uh, for like two, two preparation races. And uh, or even as one as well in Switzerland, the bike days in Solothurst. So that's like three uh, races uh, to prepare. And then I do the World Cup in Novemesto. That's first World Cup. Um, and after there, um, that's our last qualification race as well for the Olympic Games for the Swiss Swiss team. So we still we don't or i still don't have an official ticket to the olympic games we, we our our qualification uh procedure is still on um but after novemesto uh they make the decision and then i go to a high altitude training to prepare for the next world cup that's in on uh, andorra on altitude and right after our world championship so that's those three races are really important for me like to uh yeah to get a good Good feeling then for the 
for the Olympics coming up uh, just then three weeks or four weeks after uh, World Championships. Yeah, I was just about to say, because the World Championships obviously are late June and then Tokyo yeah. is already like one month later. Yeah, uh, exactly, is, is, yeah. Is that hard to be like in great shape in both of them? Yeah, for sure. I tried try to peak really at the at the Olympic Games, but uh, as well, I always when I, when I race, I try to be in my best possible uh, best possible uh, shape, or I try to prepare every race as good as possible, just to get myself a good good feeling as well. I don't want to, uh, or I almost never do races out of the training because uh, then I don't really have, or I don't really get the picture I want to have, like or then also like the good feeling you you want to take from a race so um so i i'm going to prepare also world championships really well and afterwards i will go to to another training camps to to uh prepare the olympic games um but it's going to be a special year it's now also all my planning just goes till the, the olympic games uh that are in um, in uh, july but all the rates afterwards, there are still a lot of World Cups racing coming. But uh, uh, right now, I'm just able to plan until Olympics, and then, <laughs> then I will see how it goes or how it went, and uh, if I still have uh, enough energy for the for the uh, next World Cups to to compete well. <laughs> yeah, you said like after the training camp, after the Worlds, leading up to uh, the Olympics, is that something where you might look for a bit more humidity? Too different to get yeah. used to the yeah that's, weather circumstances. That's, yeah, we are going to to a yeah to a hot hot place to to prepare and also to get used to the yeah to the heat and what we we're going to expect in in Tokyo. That's going to be a big challenge for everyone. Um, like uh, if it's going really that to be that hot, as they say, it can be. It's going to be brutal and. Uh, yeah, you need to prepare as well for that and uh, go to a to a hot place where it's high humidity um, to prepare you. Uh, in Tokyo, you already did a test event. What was it last October, I believe it was? You won the test event. Uh, what are your thoughts on the course for Tokyo? I think it's really a really good course, a really uh, cool course. It's uh, something different what we we had previous years. It's like uh, a combination of a lot of uh, man-made, but also some natural trails, um, and uh, it's a really challenging course. Um, there's a lot of like steep uphill, really steep, um, and then as soon as you reach the top, you just drop into to a downhill with a lot of yeah technical uh, objects where you have jumps, drops, um, corners, and I think it's going to be a going to be a good good course for the olympic games uh, but it is challenging like when you saw the the women's race this is on the same on the same track i think from the top four uh um uh, women three crashed and couldn't do the race so uh it is a it is a hard uh, hard course yeah is it is it a course that would suit you better maybe than others or is there someone in particular you think who's going to come out really strong on that course um, I'm really happy with the course because I like steep uphills. I like when you need to ride with a lot of power out of the saddle and uh, not too long uphills. And that's actually exactly what what I think I'm I'm strong and I'm I like and also like the technical 
uh, descents I'm, I, I quite enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with, with the course. Um, and uh, for sure, there are riders strong that, that are riding with a lot of power, like that like to ride low cadence, like to ride um, out of the saddle. Uh, I think all those riders there, they're going to be going to be good on that, that course. Okay, cool. All right, so if you're fine with you, we're going to move on to the Tux Tuber Talk fan question of the week and might try, there were so many questions coming in, so we might try to get the, through uh, a few of those, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Tux Tuber Talk fan question of the week, everyone always sends their questions in each week for, for our guests and hopefully at the same time, they'll always leave a rating and a review as well to spread the word about the podcast. Um, we had lots of questions coming in, like I said. And it was a question coming in from Yuma Daleng, and she wanted to know what's your best moments on the bike uh, out of competition. The best moment? Uh, yeah. there are so many good moments on the bike. <laughs> but one, the one moment I really enjoy now is if I can go and ride with my daughter now. She's uh, four and a half years old now, and uh, I, uh, yeah, now we can ride together, and that's moments I really enjoy. I. I pull her up with a with a rope. We ride up together, and then she can ride uh, down herself. And those moments I really enjoy. And then as well, like just like flowy trails um, where you really feel that freedom on the bike. That's the moments I really enjoy. I think that's the best moments on the bikes where you have a nice trail. Um, it's flowy, and you feel that that freedom. Um, that's the moments I. I for that what I really do it. All right, awesome. It must be pretty special to do that with your daughter, and then uh, mm -hmm. maybe at some point we're going to see uh, an, an, another shooter on the circuit, maybe in a couple of years' time. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's funny. She's always playing now. She always wants to play like uh, Yolanda and, and uh, battling against Kate, and she always said, "Today <laughs> you are Yolanda, and I'm Kate," or "Today I'm Yolanda." <laughs> so. I need to play with her uh, because she's always watching also the women's race on 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 the Red Bull TV. So she knows all the all the women, and she she wants always to play uh, racing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Um, like of, we already mentioned, like all those victories in your career, what is like eight times world champion at the Olympic gold. Is there one favorite victory in your career? Is what uh, Abu Domeng wanted to know. Yeah, there is one. Yeah, I that was 2018 where I won uh, my uh, seventh world champion title uh, back home in Lenzerheide. I just lived 20 minutes away from there, and uh, it was was really uh, the best best victory for myself because there were so many people cheering for me there. The atmosphere was insane, and. Uh, when I reached the finish line, all my family were there, my daughter was there, and uh, that's for me the most special one from, for sure as well, like the Olympic uh, victory in Rio was also super special from the result and because it's Olympic Games. But now my most beautiful uh, victory was uh, 2018 at the World Championships in Lenzade. Okay, uh, I think we, can we squeeze in two more? Sure, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, um, Pascal Leblanc 8 wanted to know what's your opinion on training with Swift and do you use Swift yourself and how do you use it? Yeah, I'm using now Swift since two years 
uh, and I think it's great addition to to yeah to train when the weather is is not so good or if you just have time in the evening to train. So I think it's a really great addition for for every one of us for sure. Like pros, they like me, I have a bit more time to to see when is the weather best so I can train outside. But for most people, I think it's so cool to just to be able also to ride in the evenings or early morning when it's still dark or too cold. And uh, so I use it in winter a lot. Um, sometimes also when I went Nordic skiing, uh, I did a Nordic skiing training. And then when, I come, when I'm coming home, I like do like this transition to the bike. I just jump for half an hour quickly on the on, on Swift to, to have like this transition from Nordic ski uh, back to back to uh, the cycling again. And is there a specific, sort of a specific workout as well that you do? Do you do like an interval <laughs> session on it as well? Or? Well, the, the, I do now uh, different also like interval training sometimes, but uh, that's really hard. So if you are used to, if you ride or if you always train with a power meter and you do your intervals, um outdoor and then you want to try to do it uh the same indoor it's so much harder (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's it's really effective it's great you just need to know maybe you don't reach your power what you normally are able to reach uh, um outdoor but uh, also like i think they're really efficient if you do like intervals on the on on swift um and I, I do, sometimes I do threshold uh, exercise like that just did this week where uh, five time eight minutes on threshold. Uh, I also did like uh, VO2 max intervals like uh, I did six times five minutes on VO2 max or I also did ones like uh, uh, like 15, uh, 30 seconds all out, 15 recovery, 30 seconds all out. But that's all everything really tough on the road and it's so much harder than than uh, than outdoors, but it's really efficient and something um, I rec- can recommend every every cyclist that wants to get uh, quicker. <laughs> all right. Well, in that category, maybe one more question. Uh, Andreas Dalkrain wanted to know, how do you think about training for younger riders, say in a category like 14 to 16 year olds? How much should they train? What sort of type of training should they do? Do you have like any advice for them? My advice for, for younger riders is, I think the most important thing is to to have fun and to enjoy every, every ride you do. And the, the best is probably if you find a group, you have friends together and you go riding together and then you push each other a little bit to, to maybe do a bit more di- or like to do difficult descent or you... You push you up the hill a bit. Who is the fastest? And then it's a really qualitative, good training and uh, combined with a lot of fun. I don't recommend like young riders to to be too professional early. Um, it's still in this age. You still it still needs to be a lot of uh, joy and just fun. And if you are then competing well as well. You still have time to 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 get everything more professional, to get uh, a really a training plan to work. Uh, because what what we see in our sport that a lot of young riders they try too early just to to 
to be too professional that they, they they just go try think they have to do exactly this exercise or this or that and they don't really enjoy it anymore and then some of a sudden when they are not so successful anymore uh then then they just uh, uh stop riding and i think until you are to the junior class category you still need to to be able to do it everything with just joy and fun and when you see you are still good at the junior level then you you have to start to 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 train more professional to have a training plan to also be to be able to compete in the under 23 category well is it is that something that you would be interested in after your career do some coaching uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really enjoy like when I see young riders and uh, from my region, I really enjoy to give them advice and uh, to show a little bit, yeah, how I did it, how my way looked. Um, but I don't think I'm really the coach where I'm. I don't see me really as a coach uh, later, um, but. Never say no. <laughs> Never say no. And, and, and who, uh, but for now, first we can uh, keep enjoying you, watching you on the bike for a couple of years. Yeah, I'm, st I'm still really motivated. Um, and uh, now this year is anyway a special one. But uh, I I think I, I will do some more years. <laughs> okay. And as, lo as long as I hopefully also am successful, uh, it makes everything a bit easier, yeah. Okay, and as long as you're having fun, obviously the most important thing, as you just mentioned. Yeah, that's also like, like for every professional, or if it's going to be serious, I think there there also needs to be a lot of fun and joy uh, then, because if it's just hard work and you don't really enjoy it anymore, then you're also not able to to um, to show your whole uh, potential. All right. I think that's a great way to conclude this uh, podcast. Nino, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Rob. It was uh, nice to talk to you here. And uh, I wish you all the luck in, uh, in South Africa and obviously for the rest of the season. Hopefully we can uh, go through with all the races and yeah, that uh, Tokyo <laughs> will bring you a new highlight of your career. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Alright, that's a wrap for another episode of the Tax Turbo Talks podcast. Thank you all for listening. You know the drill. Subscribe, rate and review the podcast and get the word out. This was Rob Bauer with Nino Shooter of Scott's Frame Mountain Bike Racing Team. Stay tuned for the next Tax Turbo Talks.